It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's deflected. And picked up Mason. He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is a special podcast, an emergency episode, if you will, because of the news that Jamal Adams, according to Rich Simini of ESPN, and then confirmed by Adam Schefter, also of ESPN, has formally requested a trade from the Jets. He has a list of teams that he would prefer to go to. We're going to get into all of that Myself and, of course, the owner of TurnOnTheJets.com and the VP of social media over at Whistle Sports, Joe Caparoso. Joe, never a dull moment with this team. We were just talking about how last year, at a time when nobody expected a story, the general manager gets pushed out, and now the team's best player is asking for a trade. So I guess he realized that we needed some things to talk about here on the podcast, and he's given it to us. Yeah, I mean, you think this time of the year is going to be quiet, and then you get a story like this. And and this story, to be fair, has been lingering for a few months now, really since last year's trade deadline. It goes away for a few months, and it pops back up. It popped up back to the point that we did a full episode of Badlands on this with Charles Robinson from Yahoo, who had a really good insight into where seemingly Adam's camp was coming from with this and spoke a lot about the ties that – Adams's dad has to the Cowboys organization and the general sentiment that keeps seeming to come up and has been consistent from what we've seen from multiple sources today is that Adams just doesn't really want to be here and he would be content to take less money to play somewhere like Dallas or not sign an immediate extension somewhere else like Dallas, like Houston, like Philadelphia, uh, like San Francisco, like all the other seven teams that he gave to Adam Schefter to push out. And this has not been the first time in recent months that it's been pretty clear that Adam's camp uh, is leaking info to targeted people in the NFL to push this out there. The Jets are in a situation now where they don't really have to do anything, right? Adam's contract is not up this year. It's not up next year. Uh, they can be patient with this with when they could even put him on a franchise tag or potentially give him a new contract. And for the Jets, it feels like, A, we don't need to do this right now. And B, I don't think they have a problem making him the highest paid safety in the NFL, but I think Adams wants more than that. He wants to be paid more than C.J. Mosley, so he could easily be the highest paid player on the Jets. And he wants to get paid closer to an edge rusher rather than a safety. And the Jets are just going to be in the process of cleaning up a salary cap that, Uh, is a mess right now. Their top 10 cap hits this year, I shared it today, are guys like George Fant and Brian Winters and Henry Anderson and C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson, who are nice players but are inside linebackers. Uh, This is a 
roster and a salary cap that needs to be restructured and for the Jets to go lay out, you know, a hundred to 120 million for their safety when his contract's not up for a few years, uh, it's a problematic situation. And Joe Douglas is really in his first real off season here and it sets a precedent uh, for how he handles everything going forward. So how this continues to play out is going to be interesting to see. I mean, really the Jets don't have to do anything at all right now. They didn't grant him, they didn't, you know, grant him permission to seek a trade. I'm curious to see how this plays out behind the scenes. I would still say they're going to call Adams bluff and say, you're going to come play this year. You're not going to sit out a year. That's just going to diminish your value, right? That's how I'm looking at it right now. And as you said, Joe Douglas has to be very careful here as far as setting a precedent. The insight that Charles Robinson had on this situation is invaluable. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode of Badlands yet, Go ahead and subscribe. It's worth it just for that. Although, obviously, there are a ton of other great episodes that you're going to get when you subscribe to Badlands. Let's start with what happened with Jamal Adams earlier, commenting on Instagram. This is what he said this morning. I have time this morning. Do y'all just speak without understanding what y'all are typing or nah? Oh, I see what this is. I deserve to be paid, but when I ask to be taken care of, I'm being that guy, huh? What does Pat have to do with me? He's talking about Patrick Mahomes there, of course. Pat is about to get 40 to $60 million a year. Well-deserved. That's my guy, but don't compare me to quarterbacks if you aren't going to pay me QB money. Hell, if I was about to get 40 mil plus, you wouldn't hear a damn word from me. LOL, don't use the pandemic excuse. CM22, that's Christian McCaffrey. Got paid not too long ago. Well-deserved. Great friend of mine. You're lost, my guy. I'm protecting myself just like the organization will look out for themselves at the end of the day. And if you guys don't respect that, cool. It's all love. Maybe it's time to move on. I assume this was in response to some Jets fan who must have said something. I'm not entirely sure. Again, the fact that Jamal Adams feels the need to say maybe it's time to move on based on somebody's comment on Instagram is absolutely mind-boggling to me. This is a guy who's a 24-year-old professional athlete at the peak of his powers, and he gets this riled up about comments on Instagram. But what this really boils down to, I think, Joe, is my opinion, and I think a lot of Jets fans' opinions have shifted on Jamal Adams, whereas before the trade deadline, Everybody would have said, lock him up. There's no way you could possibly trade him. For me, at least, I've sort of shifted into the camp of, I don't really want to trade him, but if somebody makes a good offer, I'd certainly be okay with it, depending on what that offer is. And as you said, Joe Douglas has to be careful here. He can't make the wrong move because he doesn't want to set a precedent. He cannot just trade Adams to trade him and give in to his demands without getting a big haul because if he does that, he's sending out a smoke signal to every player on the roster and every player that's eventually going to be on the roster that if he just raises a big enough stink, then Joe Douglas will turn around and give in to his demands. He cannot do that. So if he's going to trade Adams here, he has got to get an outstanding haul. Now, we also have to be realistic about what you can expect. People think the Jets are going to get three first-round picks for Adams or whatever it is they've made up in their mind as the price. And I think, Joe, you and I will agree that Jets fans are probably being a little bit unrealistic in terms of what Adams is worth on the open market. He's a great player, and they should get a great haul for him. But some people are getting a little bit insane with what they think the Jets can get. 
I had seen a couple of people suggest this. I think Michael Megan, who writes for TurnOnTheJets.com, had suggested this, as well as Michael Pallas from the Jet Up Bleeding Green podcast. Michael Gallup in a first-round pick seems like a really fair deal to me. I'm sure Cowboys fans would think that it's too much, but the way I look at it is people are talking about Tyron Smith or they're talking about Zach Martin. Let's be real. Those guys are not getting traded, so forget about that. Michael Gallup is interesting, though, because he's young. He was very productive, 1,100 yards last year in his sophomore season. He's still got two years of cheap team control. He also is somebody that could learn and grow with Sam Darnold. You put him with Denzel Mims and even Jamison Crowder, and now you're building something. You're giving Darnold that weapon. And the fact that Dallas got C.D. Lamb in the draft means that Gallup is tradable, at least more tradable than he was before they knew that they had C.D. Lamb in their back pocket. So I think if you look at it from that aspect, you have to go that route. You want to get draft picks and young players. You don't want to be trading for older players. I've heard Matt Matthew Judon's name mentioned here. Matthew Judon's in his late 20s. He's about to get paid a lot of money. I also happen to think he's pretty overrated, but that's another story. If you're trading with the Ravens, I don't think you want to go that route. And I also think that, as we've heard, the Jets may very well be cash-strapped. Manish has talked about that on the podcast and written about it in the Daily News a bunch of times. So if that's the case, you're not going to be going out and trading for Matthew Judon. But, Joe, I also think that when it comes to Joe Douglas's hand here as opposed to Jamal Adams' hand, what you said is exactly right. I don't know exactly what Jamal Adams' leverage is here. I know he thinks he has leverage, but I'm not sure what that leverage is except for the fact that he's going to complain loudly and often. But unless he's willing to sit out an entire year, the Jets have control of him for at least the next three years because they've got the final year of his rookie contract coming up. They've got the fifth-year option, and then after that, they've got the ability to franchise tag him. So unless he's willing to sit out, he's got nothing that he can do here. I was going back and forth with Manish on text earlier today. Needless to say, he and I disagree strongly on this situation, and I'm sure that we'll talk about it on next week's show. And it'll be the usual. We'll argue. I'll point out why Manish is wrong and send him on his merry way. You know that's how it goes on the show, Joe. I mostly do that with Manisha. Pat him on the head and say, all right, Manish, you can have your opinion. But I'm right as always. In all seriousness, though, we totally disagree on this. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show next week. But that's really where I sit with this. I think the Jets, if they're going to trade him, have to get a really nice haul. It's got to be realistic, though. You're not going to get three or four first-round picks or whatever it is people think. And the Jets cannot give in to Jamal Adams' demands without getting that haul because otherwise you're setting a dangerous precedent for other players to be very vocal and basically wind their way out of New York. Now, the other thing that you brought up, Joe, that's very interesting, and Connor Hughes was talking about this, and I believe Calvin Watkins, who used to cover the Jets for Newsday and now is covering the Cowboys, was the first to report this. Adams apparently is willing to forego the extension right away. In other words, he'll sign it later if he's traded to one of the seven teams on his list, and we'll get to the teams on his list in a bit. But 
what that tells me is, as you said, Adams doesn't really want to be here. Now, he'll probably spin it that the reason he wants to go and he's willing to not sign extension elsewhere is because the Jets promised him something and they're reneging on it or they haven't made good and he doesn't trust them. But the reality is, clearly, he doesn't care to be here unless he's paid a fortune right now. And he brought up McCaffrey and he brought up Mahomes. McCaffrey's an outlier. Generally, non-quarterbacks do not get paid this quickly. It makes a lot of sense to me for the Jets to say, we want to pay you, we want to make you a Jet for life, but it's not going to happen until after this season, especially with the way the salary cap is and all the uncertainty around Corona. I know that Adam said, don't give me the pandemic excuse, but it's not an excuse. It's legitimate. A lot of these deals were made before the pandemic hit, so nobody really knew what was going to go on. You've got the new collective bargaining agreement, so there are a lot of variables in play here, but ultimately, as I said, Joe Douglas Holds all the cards He's just got to be smart about this And not panic And it doesn't seem like He's the type that's going to panic We'll find out as time goes on here But so far in his tenure, Joe I think we can agree that he seemed to be Much more of a cool hand Luke Than we've seen from past GMs At least the last couple Yeah, I think he's had a patient Prudent approach so far this offseason And I think Looking at Adam's overall situation and how he's chosen to handle it uh, on social media is understandably frustrating to friends. I would wonder if that's the most effective way to go about doing it. Fans are always going to, you know, mouth off and voice their opinions on places like Instagram and Twitter. And I understand that. I'm sure it's really challenging for athletes to, you know, ignore all that commentary that's coming through. I think, you know, for Adams, who... I think he's the best safety in the NFL right now and a a really good, a great all-pro player. Uh, He can't be talking about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best football player in the world. He's won an MVP award and a Super Bowl MVP award. The Jets are 16-32 and since Jamal Adams has joined their team, and he talks a lot about how he's been a winner everywhere he went, and he sets the culture. The Jets have had a losing culture the past three years. They've been one of the worst teams in the NFL. They've laid down and gotten the crap kicked out of them by terrible teams consistently. And while Adams was sensational last year, in the middle of the year, he had a couple games, Jacksonville, Miami, where he seemed mentally checked out. And those were games that the Jets lost that if they would have won, maybe they're 9-7 and seven instead of 7-9. and nine. So is Jamal Adams the reason the Jets have been 16-32 and 32 the past three years? No. He's probably won them a handful of games by himself and he's a great player and he will continue to be I think an all pro safety I do think something that we've heard and that Connor's alluded to a few times is that his act is wearing a little thin in that locker room like Mm -hmm. the other players see all the stuff on social media they see all of it and I I saw a couple of tweets about this and it's kind of you know funny you know again Adam's talking about you know he's setting the culture He's going to be a winner everywhere he goes. Adam's alleged best friends in the team were Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts, who were miserable on this team on and off the field over the past couple of years, and now both of which are gone. Uh, we know there's been this sort of longstanding interest in going back to Texas as Dallas and Houston uh, are both on the list. And, you know, you put all that aside, uh, the Jets can sit, pa- you know, sit still. The cap is going to be flat or down next year because of the pandemic. No one knows how everything is going to shake out, what the season's going to look like this year, what the cap is going to look like next year. It would be financially irresponsible for the Jets to go lay out some 
market-changing contract right now in June. There's no reason for them to do that because there's also no way, and maybe he will, who knows, that Adams is going to sit out this year because he's just going to lower his value uh, overall with this many years left on his deal. So when and how does this get sorted out? It's a tough question. When and if training camp starts, chatter will pick back up again. Uh, If the Jets start slow out of the gate, which is very possible, uh, is there another surge of rumors around the trade deadline where this gets done, where a team maybe like Dallas or Philly is looking for a player to get over the hump? And if not, then we're probably in a situation where this happens next offseason or around the NFL draft. It does seem more likely that he will get traded at some point in the next 6 to 12 months and sign some massive extension with the team. Uh, with how the dialogue has broken down, basically. So, look, I have long harped on, and I think the numbers back it up, that offense is more important than defense in the NFL. All the DVOA metrics show that the Jets have consistently been on the wrong end of this. They've consistently had a terrible offense and an adequate to good defense, and that's why they've been pretty bad. If, and this is easier said than done, Joe Douglas can flip this trade and build the necessary offense around Sam Darnold. I think they'll be better positioned to be better than 16 and 32 over the next three years. Now you have to nail the draft picks you're going to get back or whatever you're going to get. I think any trade starts with a first round pick. The question is going to be, what else do you get? I don't think they're getting a second first round pick. Can you get another young player? Michael Gallup would be a great example of someone that you'd want at a position of need who will help Sam Darnold. Uh, is it another second round pick that's a conditional pick? Is it two, you know, middle round picks? I don't know. But either way, there's going to be a haul of draft picks involved and how you convert those picks into helping Sam Darnold will really be the determining factor on whether this ends up being the right move or not. Because the Jets, if they have Adams this year, which they probably will, they're still probably going six and ten or seven and nine, unless Sam Darnold makes a massive leap and their offense gets much, much, much better. Uh, So can you use this trade to really reshape the roster and reshape the mindset of this franchise, which has just been mired in not investing in their offense properly until Joe Douglas finally used his first two draft picks on offensive players this past year? When the trade deadline came last year, the two teams that were reportedly the most interested and made the best offers were the Cowboys and the Ravens. Both of those teams are on the list. Also the Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. From what I understand, the Eagles are going to have plenty of cap room. So if they want to get a deal done, obviously there's a relationship there between the front office and Joe Douglas since he came from Philly Maybe there's something that could be worked out. Would probably have to be draft picks because I'm not entirely sure what the Eagles would be able to offer otherwise. That would be interesting, though, because it would screw with the Cowboys as well, who were practically tampering with Adams at the trade deadline. So if the Jets want to be a little vindictive, Douglas could go ahead and trade him to the Eagles. But I think we should talk about what's a realistic return. Now, I brought up the idea of a first-rounder in Michael Gallup. I'm sure the Cowboys fans would say that's too much. But something in that ballpark, maybe even a two or four in Michael Gallup or a first in Gallup for Adams and a later round pick or something like that, that could be workable. As far as draft picks, I think people are being unrealistic thinking that the Jets are going to be able to get 
what the Rams gave up for Jalen Ramsey And it's not necessarily because Ramsey's a better player than Adams It's more that the Rams are stupid And they made a desperate trade because they thought they were going to make a run for the Super Bowl And they did it at the trade deadline when the cost is the highest And I just don't think it's realistic to think that you're going to be able to get that kind of trade package But I think you're right I think it starts at a first round pick and then you build from there I would love to see two firsts Maybe you could get two firsts if you kick Another pick back Maybe it's a first and a second that can become A first if Adams hits certain Landmarks or the team ends up doing Something it really depends But I think two firsts Probably not going to happen On their own Certainly not going to get that Jalen Ramsey Deal but I do think that every Team on this list is A legitimate playoff team And potential Super Bowl Contender so if you're getting a first You've got to get at least a decent amount more than that because you're going to be looking at a late first round pick in all likelihood from any of these seven teams. Yeah, I think fans always obviously overvalue their own players more. And I understand putting a high valuation on Adams and expecting the same that uh, the Rams gave up for Ramsey. But like you said, that was a unique situation. The Rams haven't exactly been the shrewdest when it comes to roster building in the past 12 months, despite their success uh, two and three years ago. And I would say Adams at this point is probably a better player than Ramsey. And you can make a case that doesn't really matter that Ramsey plays what is considered generally a more valuable position. Uh, You know, Ramsey, you know, definitely had a, a reputation as arguably the best corner in the league when this trade happened. But I think these trade, you know, scenarios that we're seeing that are saying the Jets have to get two ones and something else are just not realistic. I think could Joe Douglas do something with a team that he's worked with previously where the Jets have deep ties, that's Baltimore, uh, that's Philadelphia. Uh, I, you know, is it a first and someone like Dillard? who we know that the Jets had some interest in. If you look at the Ravens, I agree with you on Judon. I don't necessarily think he's someone that makes sense in this deal. Uh, With Dallas, um, you know, I don't know. I think Dallas, Baltimore, and Philadelphia are the three teams that seem most likely uh, because of Douglas's ties to the first two and because this Dallas stuff has been going on forever. So you know the conversations have happened and they could pick up where they left off. And I wouldn't be shocked if this ended up being one of those things that just popped and happened out of nowhere as the season got closer, uh, where one of those teams, obviously there's conversations that are going to be ongoing, whether they're public or not, that they actually happened, you know, finally just gives a little more and the Jets are like, you know what, you know, F it, we're going to just pull the trigger on this now and end this saga because who knows what other social media posts are coming, who knows what other interviews are coming uh, as the season gets closer and, the appetite for this type of contract standoff from people in general and from fans in general is not going to be there with everything that's going on right now. It's just not. Um, And that's not necessarily fair to Jamal Adams, who I I understand wants to protect himself and wants to get paid, but he's not in the last year of his contract. He's not even in the second to last year of his contract. uh, If you look at the years that the Jets control. So this is going to be a tough one. And I think like you said, Joe Douglas has to walk the line between managing a difficult situation and making sure he gets back necessary uh, collateral uh, for Adams to build his team around. So it's going to be a tough thing and it has to start with the first rounder. And then it's how much more can you get around it? What young piece can you get hopefully to help Sam Darnold? And then can you get more picks in the mix? So you have that much more flexibility come draft weekend next year 
uh, to continue to build around Darnold. It, it is, you know, we talked about this at the trade deadline. And I think we're like, Hey, there's probably like a 10 or 20% chance this guy gets traded. Then it goes away. It goes back down to 10%. Then we we're talking about it two months ago. It's still in that range. Now it, I would say it definitely feels more likely than not. He's going to get traded. And I left talking with Charles uh, in that Badlands episode with that impression too, that this relationship was irrevocably broken when the Jets fielded calls at the trade deadline, which they were totally within their rights to do. It's normal to do due do, do diligence on that. But Adams took that as an affront. He is sick of what the situation has been with this franchise here for the past three years, which trust me, I empathize with. But he's not going to give the Jets any type of break or hometown discount. He's going to give Dallas or another one of these contenders a hometown discount or play without an extension. That's not coming – uh, for the Jets, especially after what happened at the trade deadline. So that's just the reality of the situation now, and the Jets just have to proceed accordingly. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. It almost seems to me like Adams has been trying to push his way out, but he doesn't want the fans to dislike him. So he's been trying to find ways to turn this on the Jets rather than just coming out and saying the reasons that he actually wants to leave, which it seems to me is what you just articulated. John Grella, who was director of communications for the Bucks, was on with me when this whole thing started to get brewing around the trade deadline, and he broke down everything that was going on and essentially said 
Adams was looking for a lifeline out. He was pushing buttons. He was doing whatever he had to do. If you remember at the time, he had Ryan Clark, who was one of his good friends going on TV and basically sending smoke signals to the Dallas Cowboys, telling them, go ahead and call the Jets. So this whole thing seems like something that Adams has been pushing ever since that point. It feels like he, in his mind, gave up on the Jets, decided he doesn't really want to be here, would stay if they paid him an insane amount of money, but otherwise he would like to go elsewhere. And one theory that I have that I think is kind of interesting that nobody's been talking about is, if you remember, Ryan Clark said when he was talking about what was going on with Adams, that Sam Darnold wasn't the guy and sort of disparaged Darnold, and a lot of people came after him for that. I've always wondered if that was coming from Jamal Adams, because remember, everything that Clark was saying seemed to be coming from Adams' camp. You have to wonder if maybe part of the reason why Adams accelerated this is because at some point last year, he looked at Darnold and said, you know what? I don't think this dude is the guy, and if he's the quarterback and Gase is the coach, I'm screwed. I'm going to be spending my prime years on a losing team that has no way to get better. I got to get out of here. So I wonder if there's something to that. I mean, there definitely could be with how forward it seems that Adams and his camp have been on getting information out there. Uh I certainly understand the skepticism of the franchise. I certainly understand the skepticism of Adam Gase, who has not met a star player that he likes and doesn't want traded as soon as possible throughout his entire tenure. Can't really lay this one at the feet of him, despite some of the joking going on on Twitter uh, today from myself included. Um, And with Darnold, you know, obviously I disagree with Adam's assessment. I don't know if he actually feels that way. And I think most Jet fans – recognize quarterbacks the most important position in the NFL and for the Jets to actually be a Super Bowl contender Sam Darnold needs to be elevated to being the face of this franchise he needs to play to the level to earn that Um, and that transition needs to happen over the next few years and I don't know if the Jets are confident they could do that with how Adams is going about everything right now on social media and if they pay him $100, $110 million, $18 million, $19 million a year, whatever it ends up being, can they do what they need to do on the offensive line and at wide receiver and then eventually also pay Darnold if it comes to that after these next couple of years? So it just has all the makings of a relationship that's broken when there's this much smoke. There's generally fire in terms of a transaction happening. How and when that transaction happens is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, because this is a tricky one and it's going to be hard to come up with a compensation package that makes both sides happy. Fans will get over it. Fans, if you're still a Jet fan at this point, you've gotten over a lot worse than Jamal Adams potentially getting traded. Fans will be annoyed about it within three days. They'll be excited about whatever the return is. The question is, how does Joe Douglas take advantage of that return? Um, And how does he make this team a team that, isn't bad every year, but has a couple really cool, exciting players that fans like, but it's just a good team that's in the playoffs every year that everyone's excited about. That's all that anyone wants out of this. Uh, Not to spend time talking about, you know, contract negotiations for a team that's 16 and 32 over the last three years and hasn't sniffed the playoffs. Uh, How do we talk about building a team that has an ascending offense and is really competitive in the AFC East and making the playoffs? 
This is going to be a really interesting situation to monitor over the next couple of months. My prediction is that Jamal Adams will probably refrain from participating in non-mandatory activities, sort of along the lines of what Le'Veon Bell did last year, although for different reasons. And then push comes to shove if the Jets don't trade him. He's not going to sit out a year for all the reasons that you pointed out. Plus, I don't think he wants to not get paid for an entire year. So that's my thought on this. Ultimately, I think it's probably about a 40-60 or 50-50 shot that he ends up getting traded before the season. You think that's about right? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I think it's going to depend on does one of these teams go that you know little extra further uh, to get Joe, Joe Douglas to pull the trigger and get a haul back he feels good about and to kind of put an end to this problem because I'm sure the team doesn't want this swirling around. Uh, everything when training camp comes back. So I do think, yeah, it's a 50-50 shot at this point. And I do think even if he plays this season after, let's say, sitting out all of training camp, this is still something that could bubble back up at the trade deadline or right after the season ends unless the Jets have an exceptionally surprising season and the you know the fences find a way to get mended. But I, I think 50-50 sounds about right now. Again, at a time when we didn't think much was going to be going on, something ends up stirring the pot. This is just how it goes with this team. Never a dull moment. Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com, co-host of the great podcast Badlands with Connor Rogers. Joe, you've got that episode with Charles Robinson, and you've got a lot of other great episodes up on Badlands. Talk a little bit about what people can expect when they subscribe. Uh, You're going to get very... Lengthy and detailed ad-free episodes breaking down the New York Jets. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had this discussion we've been referring to with Charles Robinson. Last week, we had a really good discussion with Connor Hughes of The Athletic. You'll also get our 10-part audio docu-series documenting the last 10 years of Jets history, uh, which has a nice range of guests from Manish Mehta back to Connor Hughes to Jason uh, OTC. Uh, For our salary cap analysis, uh, we had an episode with C.J. Mosley. We've had an episode with Jordan Reed of the Draft Network. Uh, There's a bunch of other people I'm forgetting because we've had a pretty wide range of guests. But generally, you get an episode once every week or so, and then when the season comes back, definitely every week. So turnonthejets.podbean.com, one-time $9.99 payment, and you are set for everything on the feed for 12 months. Uh, And that's it. Make sure that you subscribe to Badlands. It's a tremendous bargain, and especially now with all of this cooking, you're going to get some great content on that feed. Follow Joe on Twitter at jcaparoso. If you haven't given this show or Joe's show, for that matter, a five-star review on iTunes, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out our shows if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money. But it helps us out a lot. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.